This podcast is not here for those people that are trying to stay out of last place. Because those consequences don't exist for the people that are listening to this podcast. These are the people that always end up in the playoffs but can't seem to get over that hump. Or the ones who just want to dominate year after year just to show everybody else they're the champions. Guys, this is a fantasy football intervention. And we're about to intervene with your fantasy football life. Here we go. We have another Tuesday with the Jets. And no, I don't mean the New York Jets. I mean the Jets that are overhead that you guys could probably hear in the background if you guys listen to the podcast. I'm not too sure about the live stream. Live stream, you might not hear as many Jets. But yeah, it's going to be bad today, guys. This is the waiver wire show, but I definitely want to get this out for y'all in time for you guys to listen, you know, be able to get well informed on which guys you should pick up and which guys you should not waste your money on. Because there is definitely definitely a handful of guys out there that people just keep promoting and I don't understand why. I don't get why, you know, you're sitting there spending money on Devonta Freeman, right? I didn't get that. Like that made no sense to me back in the day when you guys did that back in the day, back a few weeks ago. You know, Wayne Gallman, another one of those. And I just didn't really get it. Like it just didn't make sense to me. I was like, why, why are you guys, why are you guys spending money? You know, Dion Lewis. I know these are all Giants uh, running backs, but still, there's just certain guys that don't make much sense to me. And honestly, it's something as to where, you know, if you're going to go out there and you're going to spend fab, right? You not only want opportunity, uh, you want longevity and you want a player in a good position. And right now I'm looking across all my leagues and my leagues, (laughs) they're just dry. They are literally barren when it comes to people that actually have fab dollars left. Hell, I'm in a guillotine league where I sub 90 fab dollars. And we're down to, I believe, 10 teams now. And the team that has the most amount of money is like 14 bucks. That's it. Just 14 bucks. And so it's, it's awesome, man. I get to come in with 90 fab dollars and just end up, you know, run and train. Run and train on these guys. And I cannot wait. Cannot wait. I cannot wait to sit there and actually spend my fab. Because that's what I've been saving for. This is when the good teams actually separate themselves from the average teams. The ones that were able to go out there and still win while still having money in their pockets and not blowing their loads on guys like Michael Piran, right? It's something as to where teams have been decimated by injuries, but yet you can't just go out there and waste your fab. You couldn't because Devonta Freeman was never, he was never going to be a thing. Never. It was never going to happen. Sorry to tell you guys, you shouldn't have done it, but hell. Now is the time to capitalize. Now is the time to pull ahead of the competition, play a little bit of defense, make sure those guys that are, you know, in third and fourth place or fourth and fifth place, whatever the case is, make sure they can't keep up, right? And we have half of the league over this next four weeks who's actually going to go on a buy. We have 16 teams over the next four weeks that is going to go on a buy. So having this fab money was absolutely vital. And when it comes to some of these guys want to dive into, you have to keep in mind, A lot of this has to do with the remaining fab of your league mates, your remaining fab, and what you're trying to accomplish. Like, for example, if you're a guy that streams quarterbacks, 
you know, I'm not going to go out there and, and spend a whole bunch of fab on, on guys because the majority of the guys that are left on waivers when it comes to the quarterback position actually have good matchups. I mean, we're looking at like Teddy B, uh, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater up against Atlanta. We're looking at Jimmy G up against Seattle, right? We got Derek Carr or David Carr. I'm sorry, Derek Carr, David Carr. Wait, no, Derek Carr. What am I thinking? Up against Cleveland. Um, it, it's, it's just matchup after matchup after matchup where, you know, we see these lower end quarterbacks actually having great matchups going forward in this week. So, you know, I'm not going to sit there and waste a bunch of money on it. You know, maybe if I'm trying to play a little de- bit of defense, but you just don't need to, you know, I'm still a little bit worried with, with Carr playing up against the Browns without having Brown, of course, his, his tackle, but yeah, I'm thinking that this is a week that Carr could absolutely go off. So I'm going to let people blow their, their waiver wire bucks on Teddy Bridgewater and on Jimmy G. Meanwhile, I'm going to slide in the back door and grab, uh, grab Carr. But I'm not here to talk quarterbacks and streaming. I want to talk about these waiver wire pickups that you know, are extremely vital moving forward. And I'm going to start out with, actually, yeah, I'm going to start with Chase Edmonds and Boston Scott. These guys should already be owned. Chase Edmonds is going into the bye, I believe. However, Kenyon Drake is hurt. We have to see exactly what happens with that. But Chase Edmonds was already a thing. He should have already been owned. And yeah, he's absolutely, if he's out there, I'm throwing, you know, a good 20% of my fab at Chase Edmonds. Boston Scott's a little bit less. You know, I got to see what happens with Miles Sanders. But Boston Scott moving forward should still be somewhat fantasy relevant. So I'm thinking right around 10% on that. But the one that I actually really want to dive into is going to be DJ Dallas. DJ Dallas over there is in a very, very interesting situation. Everybody on that team when it comes to the running back is hurt. I mean, Homer is hurt, right? Hyde is dealing with a hamstring injury. You have Carlos Hyde who could miss multiple weeks with an ankle injury. Uh, you know, we, we don't even know what the hell is going on with, uh, with Rashad Penny, right? Like, there's been nothing on him for the past two weeks or three weeks now. And he was, you know, close to being ready back the back three weeks ago. So we're looking at him possibly what week 11, week 12, maybe at, at best. And still, he's not going to be in football shape. Like he's not going to be in a position where he's going to produce at a high end level. Meanwhile, you have DJ Dallas, who is excellent, excellent, has excellent hands. He's great pass catching back. I mean, if you guys watch his highlights in the offseason and even in college, man, this guy has wide receiver type hands. He's really good, and he can snag the ball out of the air. So with Hyde picking up the injury, I don't know if Hyde is actually my top pickup in this one because they do have the 49ers, and the 49ers have actually been dominant for the most part up against running backs who like to run it up the middle. That's what Hyde does. Meanwhile, they're giving a solid pop to the, to the pass catchers with their production. It's not huge, but they're allowing per week, right? Uh, four catches for 32 yards, which in PPR is 7.2 points. Now, you're not going to make a living off of 7.2 points, but if he ends up being the primary guy, if Hyde ends up missing this upcoming week, I mean, you can almost guarantee that DJ Dallas is actually going to give you double-digit fantasy points. I really love, I love DJ Dallas this week. I really do. I'm not expecting like a a huge breakout or anything. I'm not expecting like 25 points, but I think the double-digit points is extremely acceptable. And when you talk about, you know, the running backs that are going to be out this week because of a buy, you're talking about five running backs who have at least 68% of ownership when it comes to the roster positions. Meanwhile, you also have like three additional running backs minimum who have, uh, who have injuries this week. It could be closer to five or six, depending on you know the situation with Miles Sanders along with other guys who've miss, been missing time. So yeah, uh, just keep that in mind. When you go to do waivers, right? And you go to, to put in your bids, you can't just sit there and, and you know, just bid 10% because that's what you feel like bidding. You got to look at the other 
the other teams, right? And you got to look at who else needs running backs. Who has their primary running backs on by? You know, who's looking to upgrade at that position? And if you sit there and you can actually break that down, you go through and you look at your league mates and, and what they need, that's how you kind of separate yourself, right? Because maybe that person who needs a DJ Dallas to come in and have a big week for him, maybe only have, you know, 15 fab dollars left or 15% of what they started with. So you can outbid them by $1. It's, or, you know, 1%, whatever the case is. You can end up outbidding them slightly. It's something where you got to do the research if you care about that league. Now, I know a lot of you guys out there, you know, are, are in 20 plus leagues like I'm in because of, of COVID. I'm in 28 this year and absolutely, I, I don't have the time to do that. But for the people that do, it's something where that's how you save your money. That's how you win your league. And that's how you end up finishing the season strong, especially in the playoffs. Now, if you're somebody that, that is sitting there and you're fine at, at running back, you don't need a running back, hold your money. Hold your money with DJ Dallas because Chris Carson isn't going to be out forever. Carlos Hyde isn't going to be out forever. Rashad Penny, you know, he could be back in two or three weeks or so. It's just something where you don't need to go blow your whole load on it. But yeah, if you need a running back, I think that DJ Dallas is my favorite one this week. Now, Carlos Hyde still needs to be picked up just in case he does play. But like I said, I'm leaning more towards Dallas for the upside. But Carlos Hyde is probably a safer play overall. Next up is going to be Hasty. And let me start off by saying Jamichael Hasty is not going to be the next Marshawn Lynch. I mean, they have completely separate profiles, right? Hasty's a little bit more shifty. I mean, he's like a, a smaller version, I guess, of Marshawn Lynch with a, little, with a little bit more quickness. But that's not, that's not comparable, guys. Come on, get out of here with that. Get out of here with that. But he is another week, uh, you know, a week eight winner over there as the 49ers, right, will try to keep Wilson off the field. So I think that he does see the volume. Now, McKinnon is the back to own in this situation. They rest him this past week because McKinnon actually has a history of when he gets a, a high-end workload, he actually has a history of, of going down and getting hurt. So they wanted to make sure that wasn't the case. I'm guessing McKinnon might have tweaked something that they didn't want to put on their injury report or, or something like that. But yeah, McKinnon wasn't rested because of the fact that they didn't want to use him. It was just because they, they needed him to get some rest. You know, he's coming off of a bad injury. They kept him out for, what, almost, almost two years now, I believe. It, it's something where I'm sitting there looking at McKinnon dead in the eyes this week, and I'm telling him, hey, you're my guy. I'm playing, I'm playing McKinnon this week. Hasty will still get some of the work, you know, the work in. He took nine carries for 73 yards up against the Patriots. But overall, the Seahawks have actually been really good up against the running back. So I'm picking up, I'm picking up Hasty and I'm playing him to an extent if I need a guy. But if I have McKinnon, I'm not sitting there and getting cute with it. I'm playing McKinnon over Hasty this week. Now, this is a big time warning when it comes to Hasty. All right. It's very similar to what we just talked about with DJ Dallas, but a little bit on a bigger scale. If you don't need to win this week, right? And you don't need a running back, then don't go waste your fab on Jamichael Hasty. He has Green Bay up next, which is a good matchup. But after that, it's New Orleans, then a bye week, and then Mostert most likely will come back. If Mostert doesn't, then he has the Rams, which is another tough matchup once again. For me, he's only a plug and play for like a week or two. So it, don't try and roster stash him as a back end option. You know, maybe to an extent if you're playing defense, but honestly, I wouldn't really care about a week or two if, if you don't need him. Don't waste your fab on him. Another guy I don't want to waste my fab on is Wayne Gallman. He had a little bit of a tough matchup, but overall it was a subpar performance. I don't want any part of the Giants backfield at all. When it comes to my hot take moving on to the wide receiver position, I am actually going for Donovan Peoples-Jones over Higgins and Cordero Hodge. So the deal is like, you got to hear me out on this. Hodge actually took the third string role from Higgins to start of the season. 
So we already know that Cleveland likes Hodge more than they like Higgins to an extent. Now Higgins did have a, he definitely outperformed Hodge. That's not in question. Uh, he ended up having two overall touchdowns right in the first two games after taking over. And then in the third game, he had the massive, you know, six receptions or seven receptions for 110 yards in this past matchup. But Higgins is just, he's unathletic, man. He's widely unathletic and he's never been a top producer. So for me, I'm not sitting there loving. Like, I'm not loving Higgins by any stretch of the imagination. And I do think that he still maintains that second wide receiver role, but how valuable is it going to be? I mean, there's a good chance that the phenomenal athlete over there, right, that, that absolute monster of a human being when it comes to Donovan Peoples-Jones with his metrics and his workouts, dude, he's a playmaker, right? He's a field stretcher. They already have a short field target guy with Landry. Why not give this, this hyper-athletic rookie a chance? Like, he could end up stepping up and taking over some of these deep targets and some of these, what, maybe 60 yards for, on two receptions for two touchdowns or a touchdown came. Like, that's the type of performance I'm expecting out of DPJ. Now, that's a lot more volatile, but moving forward as the season goes on, maybe he starts to cut into the workload over there with Higgins. I'm sorry, with, uh, yeah, with Higgins. So, man, it, it's tough. It's tough for me to sit there and get behind uh, DPJ, like over Higgins, but I'm doing it. I'm doing it 100%. This guy can make plays and he can also open up targets underneath for the tight end and Landry by stretching the field. So I'm absolutely going DPJ in this matchup because not only could he end up having that bigger play potential, he could also be super cheap because Higgins is going to be the main target when it comes to the, to, to the waiver wires and to the fab. So I think you can go out there and throw like, 2%, 3%, maybe even 5% of your fab at Donovan Peoples-Jones and just see what happens. I mean, if you have an open roster spot, why not go and do that? Meanwhile, with Higgins, he's going to be too expensive for my blood. Like, what is he going to go for? 20% of the fab this week? I mean, everybody's sitting there. Everybody's sitting there saying, pick up Higgins, pick up Higgins, pick up Higgins. I don't know if I'm ever going to feel safe playing Higgins. Like, what's his upside? It's not going to be that six-catch performance for 110 yards. It's not going to be a regular thing for him. You know, is he going to be that guy that gets you, what, 10 fantasy points in PPR? I think that's going to be more likely the case, and I'm not going to love that moving forward. So I'm going to stick my neck out there, and I'm going to go Donovan Peoples-Jones over Higgins. Now, another star in the making, right, is another rookie over there in New York. Denzel Mims had 45 snaps in his first performance back from, from his injury, and he caught everything thrown his way. Everything thrown his way. And he's a guy that didn't have that, that off-season workout time to, to really get into football shape and to get the plays down and everything. He's somebody that could actually be a star over there. Uh, meanwhile, you have Rashad Perryman, who is actually in concussion protocol. So if he doesn't pass, Denzel Mims actually has a chance to, to be the starter over there. I'm not saying that, that Denzel Mims is going to be somebody that's going to give you, you know, 15, 20 fantasy points every single week, week in and week out. But I think you can find the matchups where if, you know, a team has bad pass rush uh, capabilities and they don't blitz very often. It could give Darnold time to throw. And yeah, I'm, I'm loving him, especially moving forward. Now, I'm not going to pick him up and play him, right? Because he has Kansas City Chiefs this week and he has another tough matchup. I don't remember what it is. But if he does go off, he's going to be a very, very hot waiver wire ad. And then three of his four, uh, three of his last four games up until week 16, which is obviously the fantasy playoff times, are against bottom 10 defenses up against the receiver. So if he does end up going off up against these tough matchups, imagine what he can do up against bottom 10, bottom 10 teams up against the receiver. So I'm loving Denzel Mims as a pickup this week. 
And I'm going to throw probably close to 10% of my fab of, of what's remaining at Denzel Mims and just see what happens. You know, we don't know who's going to be able to, to pick up Denzel Mims. He's going to be, you know, a flyer type guy. And I don't think that many people are on him. So maybe you can back it off to 5% if you don't have a lot of fab remaining. But I still think that Denzel Mims is worth a shot in the dark, especially if you have an empty, you know, roster spot at the end of your bench and you're looking for upside. Now, in redraft leagues, I'm most likely going to miss out on the Callaway celebration, right? The, the Callaway sweepstakes. Like, it's not something that I'm, I'm going to be that high on because he could end up missing this week. It is a minor ankle sprain, but still we see, you know, team after team keep players out because of the ankle sprains because they can get worse. So, yeah, I'm not going to love Callaway this week. And by the time that he ends up getting back, Thomas could return as well. So, I'm not going to throw that much at him. I just don't know if he's going to have that upside week in and week out that we're going to rely on in, you know, for that position. I just can't get behind it. You know, the wide receivers over there for the Saints just haven't looked great. And yeah, I just don't know if I trust it. Now, a guy that I do trust, and I talked about last week, so I'm not going to talk a lot about it this week, but Aguilar. Aguilar has been an absolute monster. What does he have, like three straight weeks now with the touchdown? He's a good receiver. Nelson Aguilar was always a good receiver. He just always had really bad hands. And it seems like he's worked really, really hard to actually, you know, kind of adjust to that. So, I mean, we saw games with Aguilar with the Eagles where he had 13 targets with 10 receptions for like 120 yards or something. The issue was, was the three passes that he didn't catch were bad drops where he would have taken those to the house. So yeah, I like Aguilar moving forward. I think that Aguilar is a smash when it comes to, you know, acquiring this guy and Derek Carr actually really likes him. So yeah, I'm loving Aguilar as a pickup and, and play for a lot of these weeks moving forward, but you guys should already have him. You shouldn't have had to worry about putting a bunch of fab on him because you should have already had him a week or two ago when I talked about him in both weeks. Now, when it comes to the tight end position, Harrison Bryant, oh man, he just doesn't have much appeal for me right? He has, he has the Raiders this upcoming week, and then they have a bye week. After that, he has a dream schedule, you know, moving forward. But by then, Hooper should be back. And we don't know how that's going to look moving forward. We don't know if, if Hooper's going to get the snaps. We don't know if Njoku's going to get the snaps. We don't know what's going to happen over there. So he's worth picking up. But I'm only throwing like 5 to 10% in him just because he's so boomer bust. And I don't know why you'd want to roster a boomer bust, you know, tight end when he has, you know, two off weeks coming up, unless you're going to roster two tight ends throughout the entire season, which just doesn't make sense for me. If you're a guy that streams tight ends, you know, you don't want to roster two guys. That's the, that defeats the whole purpose of it. Meanwhile, if, if you're a guy that drafted a tight end early, why would you have him on the back end? Once again, it just doesn't make much sense to me. I would probably go and check and see who has a tight end or who needs a tight end and try and beat their fab. But it's more so like checking and see who needs a tight end and trying to bid as low as possible, not trying to overbid, you know, a top bidder. So it's, it's going to be a five to 10% max for me. I just don't love this, this tight end moving forward. So yeah. Um, when it comes to Rogers, if he's available, yeah, sure. You can pick up a plan, but uh, honestly, I don't think he's going to be available in many leagues. Rather, I'd rather pivot to a different tight end in this offense. And yeah, this is a guy that I'm actually, I want to stash two tight ends. I'm willing to stash two tight ends if I have an open spot on my bench. If I'm looking for a guy because I'm tired of streaming, I don't want to stream tight ends anymore. This guy could actually be the recipe for success moving forward after he's healthy. You know, with, with the Zach Ertz injury moving forward, 
I mean, it's going to be six weeks or so before Ertz comes back. Meanwhile, Goddard's going to be there for you uh, after probably week 10 or so. They do have a bye, so you might be able to wait another week, you know, following this week. But I think you could chance it. I think you could chance it and, and take him this week and stack him because he could be relevant for you in weeks 10 all the way up until week 15 or 16 and get you to your fantasy playoffs. Now, I normally don't like stashing two tight ends, but when you have a situation like this where he's going to have it all to himself and he's a very, very good tight end moving forward, I really like Goddard. I think that he's a smash play. And I don't think you have to play it, throw much money at it. Like I said, he has the bye week, and then he has the Giants following up by the Cleveland Browns. Like, God, man, loving the Goddard pickup for this week. I think he's an absolute smash. Outside of that, guys, I don't think there's too many other uh, tight ends that I'm actually looking to pick up and play. It's something as to where... It's just going to be, you know, iffy situations for certain guys. So, yeah, I'm not going to be looking at, at too many guys when it comes to that, that tight end position. Outside of the running back position, which we talked about, and the, the guys that I definitely want to play, Michael Hasty, of course, McKinnon, if he's out there, which I doubt he is. And then, of course, we have Donovan Peoples-Jones over Higgins. That's my bold, that's my hot take of the week, my bold call. Yeah, and that's going to end the episode for us. I appreciate you guys for tuning in once again. I'm going to answer a few of these questions. I think I got like two or three in here. So I'm going to do that after I do my little closeout. But yeah, go check me out on linktr.ee slash fantasy intervention. Once again, that's linktr.ee slash fantasy intervention. You guys can find all of our content for YouTube. You guys can find all of our content for Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. Big shout out to Fantasy Football Discussion. You guys know I love having you all in here. And of course, thank you guys for tuning in. If you guys want to follow me on Twitter, it's FF underscore intervention. Thank you guys for tuning in and thank you for letting me intervene with your fantasy football life. I'm out. Hey, my mom dope, my niggas is dope, switch up is dope, pick up is dope, they feeling away, they know I'm the goat. That's how you bang a podcast.